0: and and we are the extra extra sisters sisters. so sit back relax and let's get creepy welcome to another haunted happy hour and in this haunted happy hour it's going to be a little bit different because the haunter the haunter if you will is god (laughs) and Jesus, and uh, we're going to talk about the rapture the book of revelations and the reason this got brought up is because when we were talking about our haunted happy hours that we wanted to do for 2021 we were talking about Things that were spooky and things that scared us, and I, we were—I was kind of like, well, we both kind of had this fear about end times, and typically mm-hmm. we both had a little bit of upbringing and fear about revelations and the second coming and it may not be paranormal well it may not be in the horror realm like horror movie realm of paranormal but it is scary and Mm -hmm. it does incite a lot of fear and so we're going to talk about the book of revelations and like i said the second coming and the rapture and some books of the christian bible and or catholicism and you know some of those are duke you know kind of on the same coin there. Kristen was raised Catholic, and I was raised Protestant, specifically Methodist. And so that those are our backgrounds. And I would like to preface this by saying this is not to offend or bring down any religion or any belief. We may criticize here and there, but this is just based on our own experiences and our own beliefs with these religions. And this is also my first time recording in my new little recording room, just to be- <laughs> Throwing that out there. It has nothing on the walls yet or nothing really in the room, but it is a little bit better off than my other one because it's in the basement. There's not a closet or a window in this whole room. (laughs) Just carpet walls. Yeah. You'll be
1: perfect for the tornadoes.
0: Yeah. In Colorado.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, this will, I
0: think we've gone off on religious tangents before and it's always interesting. So it's just kind of fitting that we just kind of let this one, Go and dedicate its own episode. So, if you'd like to listen to that, feel free. If this is something that kind of triggers you or it's traumatized you in any way, or you don't want to hear about this stuff at all, just of course skip it. I'm personally going to drink. I know we're recording <laughs> on a weeknight, but I just this stuff's going to make me anxious. And I like, <laughs> actually but, yeah. like, there has been some. I'm not going to say like there's definitely some religion. No offense to anybody, but mormonism and jehovah's witness and there are some definitely like very culty type you know sects of religion that do some deep trauma so i'm not going to say i've been traumatized to that degree but it's definitely did some damage so it makes me anxious so i'm going to make my drink so feel free to start us off
1: all right so amanda has a lot of fears behind Revelations so I decided since I I basically only have one main one which I will tell you guys about but I figured why not go through what the book of Revelations really is like what the end times are gonna look like so we are gonna go through each chapter of the book of Revelations which there are 22 and I'm just gonna give you a brief synopsis basically on what happens in those chapters some will be more detailed than others like when we get to the seven seals which are pretty detailed So the book of Revelations is the last book of the New Testament and the Christian Bible. It is made up of 22 chapters that were given to John from Jesus Christ. I'll just go through the basics of what happens in each chapter right now. So chapter one is all about John explaining who he is. So there's, there's not a lot that you need to know there. Chapters two through three are John telling people of seven ancient cities, which were important in John's time, what to do to prepare. These are things like stop being so materialistic keep holding on and they're gonna persevere. This is also the section where people are told to repent from the teachings of the prophetess, Jezebel. Chapter four is where we actually see, we get to finally see Christ, or at least in John's vision. In John's vision, he ascends to heaven and sees the one seated in a throne, surrounded by a rainbow. From the throne, there comes thunder and lightning. And in front of the throne, John also sees seven torches and a sea of crystal. There are 24 thrones surrounding the main one, filled with 24 crowned elders in white robes. There are also the four living creatures, which present themselves to John, each having six wings full of eyes. One bears the head of a lion, another a calf, a third a man, and the fourth an eagle. The creatures are giving eternal thanks to God, and whenever one of them bows down to worship God, the 24 elders around God's throne bow down to worship God as well. Chapters 5 through 8 are all about the opening of the seven seals, which leads to the second coming. In chapter 5, we see that the one sits on the throne with a scroll secured by seven seals. The lamb with seven horns and seven eyes takes the scroll from him and opens the seals. Now chapter 6 goes through each of the seals. So this is what's going to be really detailed. This is what most people know about the book of Revelations are these seals. So the first seal. This brings forth the white horse, whose crowned rider, equipped with a bow, goes out to conquer. This has many interpretations. It could be Christ, who is shown in chapter 19 of Revelations, on a white horse. The color white also represents righteousness, and Christ, in other instances in the Bible, is portrayed as a conqueror. It could also be interpreted as the Antichrist but this interpretation didn't come out until about 1898 and was used as propaganda against Napoleon Bonaparte and has since been taken up by evangelicals and is now spreading throughout the world through evangelical churches. Roman and specifically the emperor Nero were the bad guys back then. So there's also an option for almost everything in revelations could also just mean something Roman basically. It could also be war. So we do have a horseman. He's actually the next seal I'm going to talk about. We do have the horseman of war, but this could also be interpreted as a civil war. So almost like a just war. So think of in a civil war, we tend to have people who are more just than others on one side or the other. So we would have the, the red horse on say almost the bad side and the white horse almost on the good side. Last would be the one that most people are probably familiar with. This horseman could also mean pestilence. This interpretation didn't come about until about 1906 and was first mentioned in the Jewish encyclopedia, which is weird since Revelations is from the New Testament, which isn't the Old Testament, which is the Jewish stuff. So that's a little odd. I don't even know why it showed up there and why it was first there. And this interpretation is also the one most seen in pop culture.
0: So the thing that I guess was so a lot of my I have issues with repression (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I know De is not that strong, but it hits me. Right <laughs> so. I'm drinking a Amaretto Sour, highly recommend if anybody cares. But this, a lot of this stuff was taught very delicately to me. I stopped really listening in church when I was about... 15, 16, maybe. Around, Same. Yeah, around like 13, 14 is when I really started to have a crisis of faith. I remember going to church camps up until like summer camps, you know, the week-long shindigs. Mm-hmm. Spend the night and they, they, they indoctrinate you. And until I was probably in about middle school, I don't really remember, except maybe my freshman year of high school, um, I went to one, but they tried to teach you revelations as delicately as possible and they didn't really mention horsemen. What they did mention was Jesus was going to come down and certain people would be taken and certain people would be left. And it didn't mean if you were left that you wouldn't necessarily be, you know, ascending into heaven. Eventually Christians were going to go through major trials and tribulations. And you were going to suffer greatly and, you know, and that was on purpose. You know, you were basically going to be faced with these trials of faith. Mm -hmm. They were going to, it's almost like they, they said, you know, they're going to ask you like, do you believe in God or do you believe in Christ? And if you say yes, you're going to be tortured. Mm -hmm. That was the antichrist. Mm-hmm. antichrist times is basically the one that was hammered into one of the ones that was big time hammered into me and i think it's one of the one, you, one one of the ones you mentioned uh, yeah and it's interesting that you mentioned that's like these are all theories and one of these things and and again we're not biblical scholars so if some of you are out there listening like Mm-mm, nope okay but these are the things that we were told one researching but do also as kids by other people Mm -hmm. like for me at least and I know you have some things too so yes when you're teaching kids these things it's incredibly uh, damaging (laughs) just a little bit like when you're I don't know like 12 years old younger and you're thinking about the type of fiery torture that's going to be done to you if you say, yes, I believe in God, because at the time, you know, you're like, yeah, well, yeah, obviously, I want to eventually ascend into heaven, you know, then, of course, I'm going to face these trials and blah, blah, blah. Also, the horsemen of war. Mm-hmm. Another one that was brought up a lot that we were just going to descend into this horrific wartime, but when are we not in war? <laughs> So right, that could be really any time, right? You know, and also the mark of the beast. I I know that's not explicitly just like that's just you know thrown in there. Anything could be considered. People are thinking the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast. People have been talking about credit cards being the mark of the beast or cell phones. Mm-hmm. So, I you know it's just and we'll get into it a little bit later, but. They
1: didn't ever talk about the four horsemen in the apocalypse? Like, ever?
0: No, they just terrified us with the second coming.
1: Well, especially the Antichrist, because, you know, that's an easy one to scare people with. The one that I found interesting was the fact that doing all that research, Christ seems to be the original answer. That came about through religious research. So monks, priests, those people came about through religious research in the second century. That's incredibly older than the Antichrist, which came out with the French Revolution like, and was used as propaganda against Napoleon Bonaparte. And now it's just jumped on the bandwagon by evangelical churches. Like, come on, you're just using that to scare people. That's all you're using it for. What we're really about to say, it's just another
0: fear tactic.
1: And another reason exactly. they
0: use specifically, when I was taught about revelations, they never actually taught us About revelations. They would never really read Mm -hmm. revelations. It was always this taboo, like, yeah, it's there, but it's like that scary, like, if you do this and this, you know, you'll do what you need to do. But you need to know that the end times are coming and you will suffer, but it will be a divine suffering, basically. And because, again, they know that there are children in the congregation and some of these were geared at children, especially these camps and these Sunday schools and these youth groups.
1: Well, I feel like that brings in the fear. Like, it just keeps the fear mongering going because my mom did the same thing when I was younger. She was like, yeah, that's revelations and it's very scary and it's about the end of the world and that's all true, but you're not allowed to read it until you're older. So then automatically I'm going, oh my God, this is terrifying and I'm not going to know anything until I'm older. I hope my mom's got it fucking figured out. They don't. Nobody does. Exactly. Yeah. it, it, it Revelations is just used as a fear mongering tactic. And honestly, that's part of why I chose it for my HHH this month, because I have always been fascinated with Revelations and now it's given me an excuse to delve into it and figure out what's going on. Because... I know it, most of it was just through like Wikipedia, but now I feel like I'm like a, a revelations expert. <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of research.
0: It's honestly still something that I, we're again, probably talk about it a little bit later. I've kind of gone through this like anti religious awakening, if you will, over the last, I would say, six months or so. I've kind of tried to undo a lot of the. I'm going to say damage that has been done through religion. And I'm not not saying all of it is bad. I met a lot of great people and there's a lot of good community if you get into a good community, but there's also a lot of things that you can't teach in a safe way. I don't think, I mean, this, this may just be, again, my experience, but the more that I'm Reaching into these other communities, and this is just via the internet, too, and YouTube and Reddit and things like that. I'm not actually having a ton of interpersonal conversations with people, a few, but it's mostly just like this was very disturbing to me as a child. And I've talked about this before. I remember being literally as young as three years old. I've always felt more fear from God than love and comfort. Mm-hmm. and it comes from this it come literally comes from this and uh, this suffering and genocide and slavery and all the things that he literally propagates for and is like pro all of these things and then you're going to write it off by being like but i love you it's like no 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 <laughs> don't i that, that doesn't sit right with me and it never has and i've never i was always terrified of hell and of going there and and being alive for the end times. I'd rather kill myself than be alive for this, to be honest with you. I don't want to see it. You know, I don't necessarily believe it's going to happen. But if it if it was going to, I don't fucking want to see it. I don't want to be here for
1: that. Okay. Well, since you brought it up, question. Because I've been curious for a while. Mm-hmm. You, I've always known you as this incredibly god-fearing person Mm -hmm. so to go from that to what god god doesn't exist all the way like i feel like that jump all the way to atheistic when you have that agnostic right in the middle i feel like that's like the safe zone to get to atheism Uh, why how did you why did you jump so far? I don't know. I don't know how to ask this, I guess. No, yeah, no,
0: that's totally fair. So actually something I've learned when getting into a lot of atheist communities is atheism atheism, and agnosticism are pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Some people will disagree with me, but when you actually look into this, atheists will accept a God if they are provided with evidence. So most atheists don't say that there is no God, absolutely 100% sure. They just say they do not believe in a God. So because they they don't have any proof of a God, they don't have any evidence of a God. But if they were presented with an argument for God that was valid, they would absolutely believe. So agnostic and atheist are really interchangeable terms. So to say that I would never believe in a God is not necessarily true either. So It's a really flexible term. They're very fluid terms. So a lot of people also hear atheist and it's such a very hard word. You know, you hear it with a very like do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's, you're an atheist? Exactly. It's Mm -hmm. almost like and I would never I mean a lot of people compare it to I've I've come out as a a queer woman and I've also haven't quite you know had to come out as like an atheist they're they're two different coming outs because if you have ever had to come out to religious parents or family or friends as an atheist, it feels that way because the rejection and being an outcast is very similar so mm-hmm. and and i it's part of you and you can change it and of course you can't change your sexuality so i, I they're apples and oranges but you do have to basically come out It's you know, it's as, as that. And I haven't, in putting this out there in the world, so it, she could listen to it any time, but my mom doesn't listen to this. And that's, that's mm-hmm. my biggest fear. You know, she has said, you know, that her biggest goal in life was to raise my, my brother and I as, as religious people, as Christians and my, neither my brother nor myself are really big believers and but neither one of us are staunchly saying that there is no god but you know we personally don't have a good reason to say that there is and we have both been more personally damaged by our the belief system we were raised in than we were ever given benefit to and honestly god if there was a god he's never done anything for us so and if there is this God, this Christian God, it's kind of a fucking asshole, to be perfectly honest with you. Like I said, genocide, slavery, he, Job, if you know the story of Job, need. I mean, he literally made Job suffer just to prove a point to the devil. He took his whole family away. He killed, like, you know, and what... God makes you like, what makes that God, this is just a talking point, but makes that God worthy of worship. And then to get into this, to condemn someone to hell for being critical or to, for never hearing of you Mm -hmm. in another part of the world, like you, you just, I don't really like you anyways, to be perfectly honest. So there's just a lot of, I'm not very good at debating and to be honest, I'm still very new to all of this skepticism. Mm -hmm. Well, not new to skepticism. That's been around for more than 10 years, but to talking about it openly and Mm -hmm. making these points. But uh, that fear is still there. And I think that that just comes from my upbringing, because when I was a child, I literally remember thinking, that God was reading my thoughts. And eventually I would come to this judgment day, which is also a part of revelations or at least the end times revelations or part of the end times can be found in b- the book of acts and Matthew. And they, it's found all over the Bible, even, even <laughs> in Corinthians. And I was, I'd be thinking, you know, I'd say a cuss word in my head as a kid, cause you can't say it out loud cause you get in trouble. And then I'd be thinking, I'm going to have to go to this judgment day and I'm going to be presented basically with this laundry list or in my head when I was a kid, it was basically this movie of every quote unquote sin that I have ever committed in my entire life. And it doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to be humiliated and I'm going to have to go through all of this with this God. Like what, like sin culture and purity culture is so toxic and it does Mm -hmm. so much damage.
1: Now I'm going to, not that he needs it, not that I, I don't, I believe that there is a higher power of something. Like y'all know, I deep down believe that, you know, aliens made us, or at least they helped us along technology wise and stuff. So that may be God. So To defend the deity for a moment, and I'm not even saying that you were mean or anything, but I feel like a lot of what I was hearing as your problems, and probably, I mean, it's everyone's problems, is organized religion. It's not, that is not what God actually said. That was written down by John while he was in prison, so probably just a story. He was probably really fucking bored, and I try to give everything Really, the benefit of the doubt with that. Like, this is a book created by men. Even if it was told to them by God, they probably missed a comma, missed a period. I don't know what that word means. I'm going to change it to this. You know, they're, man is fallible and he makes mistakes. And I think the problem is the fact that we put more men in charge of teaching that word by a man. That That is the cult problem with religion, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And you have to, too, you know, I was raised in Christianity. So, you know, I don't have, but God and Allah are the same. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? I think that these, this Bible, let's talk about Western culture, for example, the United States, while we say that we're a secular nation, that's bullshit, first of all. I mean we are but the people in power like to make political decisions because they say that's the right thing to do based on God. Abortion mm-hmm. being one of those things.
1: There's I mean I I think after what we saw in, you know, Washington DC on January 6th, there are still evangelical leaders that are not condemning this. Exactly. Person that did this. So
0: Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you know I think that it's like I, that's all that we have, you know. And there are a lot of Christians think the the you know the world is or the universe is six thousand years old, and it's like no, like science literally tells us otherwise. And there's just a not. I'm not saying all Christians. I'm saying that like there's this big majority where there's just not any science and religion overlap. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there is a higher power. And I I just don't think that what we have written down in this Bible should be taken as law because it is man's law, to be perfectly honest, in my, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And if we look back, we've discovered that that is fact. Like, you can't tell me that homosexuality is wrong because we have found out that the original text was pedophilia. You know, mm-hmm. We changed that in the 50s and – have you ever heard of Pascal's wager? No. So Pascal's wager is basically an an atheist's wager. So it's kind of a mathematical equation. But basically the question comes down to there's four different answers to this question, but essentially if I believe in God and I'm wrong, then nothing happens, right? If I or if I believe in God and I'm yeah, and or if I don't believe in God and I'm wrong, I go to hell, right? So it seems like it would be safer to just believe in God and then if I'm right, sweet. But I, the way that that just doesn't make sense to me as somebody that was right and Pascal's wager is much more complicated, but it doesn't make sense to me. To wager like that, because if you were raised in Christianity, you know that you God's supposed to know you. So he would just know if you're just making that wager and doing it out of, you know, he knows you're not being legit. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter if I want to say, yes, I believe in God or it's out of fear for of hell at this point. And not because I actually want to have a relationship with this Christian God, because I Mm -hmm. don't fucking like him. (laughs) And I don't respect him. And, And that, you know, a lot of people will say that that's, or I've even been told, you know, like, well, you're angry at him for... You know, I can't even tell you how many times after my dad died, you know, people were like, well, you're just angry because he took your dad away. And it's like, well, yeah. Why? <laughs> There's no reason. Like, you know, he's the same God that's riddling the world with fucking babies dying. Just like, you know, it just uh, this doesn't make sense to me. Like. Why, why do we, I I don't really know how to put into words what I mean. There's a lot of people that do this a lot better than I do.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm not an atheist, but maybe I can take a crack or at least an explanation. Like that is, that is two different gods. Let us, let us mention that. Like the old Testament God is a different person than the new Testament God. The old Testament God is incredibly angry and scary He is that individual. I can understand why you're terrified of him. And then to get the, well, what the fuck changed? Why are you so nice now? I think that's Christianity taking the deity and making it their own. And that's, I don't know, like, that's the split right there. They made their own God. That's why they're not Jewish. That's why they're not Muslim. Yeah, and I I guess I just don't like... If you had to
0: and I'm not I'm not an expert, I could be totally wrong. Let's just for the sake of argument say it's made up. <laughs> the New Testament. Uh-huh. If you had to make shit up to make him nicer, do you want that shit in your life? I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't. Sorry, I'm pouring myself another drink. That's where I'm at right now. As, you know, as a kid, like, walking around all the time thinking you're going to hell for, like, dropping something and saying shit in your head, like, you're going to burn in hell for eternity for that? That's what you think. Like, it's just, and also for having your, for being a human being and having sexual urges and thinking they're wrong. hmm
1: That's terrible. hmm Well, while you pour your drink, let's keep moving on with the seals. So the second seal. This brings forth the red horse, whose rider wields a great sword, goes out to take peace from the earth. This horseman symbolizes war or mass slaughter. That one we are pretty positive on. Obviously, once and again, it could be something Roman because that's what was going on at the time. But we're pretty positive it means war. Either way, even if it was a Roman thing, it would have been like a civil war. In the Roman Empire so third seal this brings forth the black horse whose rider carries a pair of scales which would be used in times of famine to weigh bread it also talks of making wheat and barley staples the poor would eat and drink more expensive because of the famine that would affect those crops while leaving the more expensive wine and oil alone so that wealthy people are unaffected the fourth seal this brings forth the pale horse whose name is death He has also given authority to kill with wars, famine, disease, and wild animals. The fifth seal. This seal reveals the souls of those martyred in the name of Christ. Especially in Roman times, this was an important passage, but this contains all human suffering since Christ died the first time. So that includes the French Revolution, that includes all of that stuff until Christ comes back again. The sixth seal. And I'm just going to quote from the Bible first because this is what it says and it's kind of scary and there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair and the whole moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to the earth the sky was split apart every mountain and island were moved out of their places this is all about Christ coming back and the great pain and upheaval for those that don't believe which is part of what Amanda was just talking about these are this is what people are going to have to deal with in between Christ fighting the Antichrist and bringing everybody to heaven. The seventh seal. The last seal is broken and there is great silence. Seven angels are given seven trumpets while thunder, lightning, and earthquakes abound, and they sound their trumpets. And with each trumpet blast, things get worse, causing blood and fire to rain down, killing a third of all the flora on earth. A third of the sea becomes blood, killing a third of the ocean, including boats. A star falls to the earth, poisoning the water. The moon and stars are struck and we lose a third of our light. The next three trumpet blasts unleash woes, the first of which is locusts that come out and torment those without the seal of God for five months. The next woe unleashes 200 million cavalry that kill a third of mankind. The last angel declares that the mystery of God would be revealed on the sounding of the seventh trumpet. Those are all the seals if you wanted to talk about any of that. Okay.
0: So real quick, this is not necessarily about a seal, but you keep bringing up Rome, Roman. huh. Mm-hmm. I have this theory that, mm-hmm. not my theory, I'm not smart enough for this. Didn't do enough research about this. There is a scholar that I found out about in some of my not research, but just watching YouTube videos and Reddit threads and just kind of, you know, being in the secular community. By the way, secular humanism is what I believe in, just in case anybody's curious. There is a theory by a biblical scholar named Atwood or Atwill, I think it's Atwill, that the Romans, ancient Romans, came up with Jesus Christ as a fictional character, as propaganda to come up with a competing religion against Judaism. And there is actually fairly convincing evidence that this is true. Yep, his name was Atwell. Atwell asserts that Christianity did not really begin as a religion, but a sophisticated government project, a kind of propaganda exercise used to pacify the subjects of the Roman Empire. Jewish sects in Palestine at the time, those Palestinian, who were waiting for a prophesied warrior Messiah were a constant source of violent insurrection during the first century. When the Romans had exhausted conventional means of quashing rebellion, they switched to psychological warfare. They surmised that the way to stop the spread of zealous Jewish missionary activity was to create a competing belief system. That's when the peaceful Messiah story was invented. Instead of inspiring warfare, this Messiah urged the turn-the-other-cheek pacifism and encouraged Jews to give on to Caesar and pay their taxes to Rome. This is just one part of this entire... So if you look up Covert Messiah, Joseph Atwell, there's several books about this research and some of these texts that were uncovered in Rome about Jesus being a fictional character. This is also not the only evidence that we have found about Jesus being a story, but there's also a lot of people think that stories from the Bible are just stories. Like, does anybody really think that Noah was not just a story but yeah a lot of christians do take this and this is what's harmful a lot of christians taking this as like literal everything in the bible being literal you know that's harmful
1: okay but i i'm also a a history person and there are stories over all cultures about a massive flood so whether noah is a real person or not there was some large flood that actually did a lot of stuff actually Connor and I are history buffs. We're playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey right now. So it's about Greece. And we're watching all these sunken temples. And we actually decided to look it up. And I guess there was a big thaw in North America that caused the Mediterranean to flood. That's crazy. What are you supposed to think in Greece other than God?
0: Yeah, I think the harmful thing there is the genocide thought that God committed mass genocide, (laughs) I guess. Hmm as far as God goes,
1: that he got so
0: angry, he just decided to kill a bunch of people.
1: I mean, it's not the first time in a story. Exactly. That's what I don't like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's, that's just an interesting little thing, because that would be also because that's not Jesus is not something that's just a story that that's one of those things that Jesus is the Messiah, you know, that's he's the savior you know and if you're one of those people that like i was raised protestant that believes in the holy trinity he's part of the holy trinity so
1: but here's my confusion jewish people don't look at christ as the messiah they just look at him as another prophet so it obviously didn't even do what the romans or if that's that is correct what the romans were trying to do
0: well if it did it brought up could have brought in the Roman Catholic Church. It could have brought in, obviously, if it did create Christianity as we know it today, it did enough. You know, I, and that's what they're saying. They're saying they believe that they found some of the origins of the beginnings of Christianity in Rome as a story of Jesus. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's not the only piece of history that we've you know tried to find the the beginnings of Jesus Christ of how this story started and I'm not out to like I don't care what people think if it's not hurting other people you know and I think that there's a way to do Christianity I think there's a way to do any religion it's sans cult that's not harmful you know I think that there's a way to raise a family in christianity that says sex is okay i think there's a way to raise you know i guess according to the bible there's not but you can you can create you can integrate that don't you think like if that's what you want to do
1: it's just people get brainwashed and they don't think for themselves so they don't pick pieces like i've said i look at the bible as a storybook with history elements in it because people lived back then you're gonna you're gonna put in oh my god ramses did this shit this week like that makes sense to me so i do believe that there are historical accounts in the bible that have been changed into a story and that is how i will teach it to my kids like i believe that there is some sort of higher power i may not know what that is yeah but there's something that did it all that's you know
0: whether it's uh, you know evolution or creationism you know if I you know definitely I'm on the evolution side of things but you don't have to be one or the other there's a lot of religious people I know that are like yeah a creationist made the made evolution perfect you know what I mean like there's there's those people too and I think that Mm -hmm. and if you God doesn't have to we've talked about this before. God gods doesn't have to mean one thing. The Christian God, the Muslim God. I mean, they really are all the same thing, but you know what I mean. Like they God is God.
1: I mean, they really are all the same thing. Exactly. If you go if you follow history all the way back, it's Zeus. Like it really is. Even monotheism started with Zoroastrianism. Like it it's so ancient. That we don't even, Christianity is not the one. Like, like let's be honest. It really isn't. That's it, not even their God.
0: Yeah. And that's something that leads me to believe that I'm just going to sit here and try not to be scared of religion because I'm just going to let the universe and the earth just take me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's something that's been bringing me more comfort because I don't feel watched and judged as much anymore, mm-hmm. which I guess is what brings me full circle like I will let science and the universe and the earth I don't believe in the hateful angry spiteful God that brought me so much fear even as a child like that Christian God I don't know anymore which Mm -hmm. which has been helpful to me like it if you find comfort and love and peace like my mother does I don't know if she would have gotten through the death of my dad without her religion. Then that's great. Hold on to that. But if it brings you trauma and devastation, let it go. <laughs> you know, like it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I'm going to hell. I think that I'm a good person and that's, it's really all I want to be. And there's a lot of contradictions and in religion circumcision incest the earth will die eventually or not like that's just there's just a few examples so the bible doesn't even know itself in some places because it was written by man you know Mm -hmm. whether it was told to them by god or not so it's okay to not take it as you know the word you know as fucking law Mm mm-hmm And as far as revelation goes, that shit is terrifying. So if you don't want to take that as law either, you don't fucking have to. Like, I'm not – like, I guess if you're a fundamentalist, but that's another conversation on its own because that is also very damaging.
1: I mean, if you are, you're probably not listening to us anyway.
0: Fucking true, though. (laughs) You don't (laughs) let your kids watch horror movies or get into film. I did watch, Kristen, Chris Duckman's video today. Ah you did I did I Good. actually Chris Tuckman, we've talked about him before, a movie reviewer that we watched predating the podcast came out and talked about how he was raised Jehovah's witness, and that that's culty as shit, you know, and he had to come out of that, and there's that's a very fundamentalist damaging lifestyle mhm that's and that's a whole different level of second coming man. <laughs>
1: so keep going with the book of Revelations. chapter 7 shows the servants of God 140,000 of them 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel a great multitude of which came out of the great tribulation which will be great suffering and pain that all of humanity will have to go through chapters 8 through 10 are all about the angels and their trumpets so I already told you about that with the seven seals chapter 11 is about the two witnesses who are two people that have tortured humanity for three years. The beast kills them, but God resurrects them, striking fear in the people of earth before they ascend to heaven. Then an earthquake destroys a tenth of the city they were in. Chapter 12, War Breaks Out in Heaven. A woman gives birth to a son who is to rule the nations with an iron scepter. She is then pursued by a dragon with seven heads and ten horns, which wants to kill her baby. However, the child is taken away by God. Immediately after this, Michael and his angels fought the dragon and his followers in heaven. The dragon lost the war and was thrown down to earth along with all of its followers. The dragon pursued the woman and tried to drown her, but the water drained away into the ground. The woman grew wings and flew away. The dragon was enraged and went to war with the remainder of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God. Chapter 13 through 14. A beast. This is all really about the beast. A beast with ten horns atop seven heads rises out of the sea and is given authority to rule the earth by the dragon. The people of earth marvel at the beast's abilities and worship it and the dragon. The beast is able to control the entire planet and goes to war against the saints. Following this, another beast arises, this time from the ground. This beast, which resembles a lamb but speaks like a dragon, exercises authority on behalf of the previous and causes great and miraculous signs by which to make people follow the original beast. The second beast, also known as the false prophet, forces all who do not bear the mark of God to receive the mark of the beast on their right hand or forehead, declaring that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name.
0: So they didn't really, when I was growing up, specify what the mark of the beast was going to be because they can't because this is... written what thousands of years ago Mm -hmm. and so it's just so funny because every couple years there's all of this you know talk about what the mark of the beast is and you know for a while it was I heard smartphones and when we got chips on our credit cards I don't know if you remember that Mm -mm. and then it's vaccines and You know, now it's COVID vaccine, obviously, because they're saying you won't be able to travel without the vaccine. So, you know, you're talking about buying and selling and trading and things like that. So they would, they even said it would be like 666, you know, but I don't think it would be that obvious because everybody knows what 666 is now, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's like for a while, it was something that they were like you always have to be on the lookout for the mark of the beast because they're not just going to line you up and say you know this is the mark they're just going to you know send out you know call your homes and say oh this new thing is available or you know it's going to be available in our grocery stores is like they're going to sell it to you and it's going to be shiny so then inside of this fear mm-hmm. that this thing was going to be available and everybody was going to get it but you had no idea what it was going to be at any given time. And so you could just be getting something that everybody was getting and it was going to be this new technology and it was going to be great. And then you could just be getting this mark, you know, like mm-hmm. that you had no idea. And and it, it was just, it's just all this, just, it's just all this fear. I don't know. Like, how do you live like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, we did. People do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have that's, much to say about it. It's just like crazy to me.
1: I mean, that's the scary part. Like, like you just talked about with the uh, Chris Stuckman or Leah Remini and Scientology. Like that's, that's all they constantly live in is, you know, fear of losing your family. People, people deal with it, I guess.
0: It just sounds so miserable, you know, and like, I had a very mild, like it, you know, Methodists and, or at least the, my Methodist Methodists like, and, you know, typically Protestants are very mild. <laughs> like, we could drink and we could hang out. We had Christmas parties where the parents would be fucking smashed and we could have pool parties and, it, you know, it was, again, super liberal as far as like what you could and couldn't do. But it was still scary.
1: Yeah. I, think- I mean, I've heard your uh, Halloween haunted houses. Exactly.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we had Halloween. We had trunk or treats. We had those things.
1: It's adults are allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. You know, they believe or don't at this point. But let's you know indoctrinate the children.
0: Scare the fuck out of them with Bible schools about hell. You know, Sunday school about hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And purity culture, fucking sex shit. I know we haven't gotten <laughs> we haven't talked about that, but just really pisses me off too. <laughs>
1: Chapters 15 through 16, seven angels with seven plagues descend without warning on when they will strike. They will bring sores. The seas will turn to blood. Rivers will turn to blood. A heat wave so intense it will burn people, will be plunged into darkness. The Euphrates will dry up. A worldwide earthquake that will level mountains. And there will be giant hailstones. So those are all the things that we are going to have to live through until this is done. That's going to be a lot of fucking shit for a while. Yep.
0: That's exactly the kind of shit I'm talking about. They were like, yeah, the world's going to end, but it's not just going to be like a snap and you know, and over. It's going to be literally hell on earth. And then you can go. Mm-hmm. The, the plague specifically. I forgot about that. Yeah. So why not just like make it done? Like people go to hell or go to heaven and that's that. Just fucking end it. I don't
1: know. Because you have to make a fucking point. And if you don't believe in God, then you're going to be you're going to go through a bunch of shit. He's a fucking malignant narcissist, though. That's what I'm saying. God's an asshole. I'm sorry. Proceed. I mean, this is what John said that he saw in a vision. In John well, in a prison lived. cell not eating. Just That's saying.
0: Fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. Chapters 17 through 18. The whore of Babylon comes down to rule. Eventually, the people that gave her power get rid of her to take the power themselves. This causes the fall of Babylon, and the merchants weep for the whore because they have nowhere to sell their goods now. Which, you know, that's just, you know, poor rich people. Po po capital. <laughs> Chapter 19. Jesus on a white horse appears and marries his wife. The beast and his false prophet make war with the armies of Christ, but are defeated. In the aftermath of their defeat, the Antichrist and false prophet are cast alive into the lake of fire, which burns forever. Chapter 20 Satan is bound in the abyss for a thousand years. The saints who died are resurrected and begin their thousand-year reign with Christ. After the thousand years, Satan is released from the abyss to deceive the nations and gather Gog and Magog and the people of the world to encircle the camp of the saints in the city of Jerusalem. A fire comes down from God out of heaven and devours them. Satan is then thrown into the lake of fire forever. The wicked dead and all of those who died during the thousand year reign of Christ are resurrected and judged. Chapter 21. A new heaven and new earth with the new Jerusalem replace the old heaven and earth. This is a reference to Genesis. Many theologians interpret it allegorically as explaining the drastic difference in this world and heaven. When Christ has been acknowledged as having returned, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. In chapter 22, our last chapter of Revelations a description of the heavenly state under the figures of the water of life and the tree of life and the throne of God and the lamb, the truth and certain fulfilling of all the prophetic visions, the Holy Spirit and the wife, bride of the lamb invite and say, come. So basically at the very end, Jesus is asking everyone, you're, you're ready. You can go to heaven now after all this shit. Mm
0: Mm-mm. I mean, any space God existed in before is shrinking all the time due to science. Like, I'm just saying, like, we're finding out more and more things about the universe all the time, and we're going to eventually get there. And again, I'm not trying to take away anything from anybody, but it's just, I just put... I think people are wonderful and glorious and intelligent and I think we'll get there eventually because that shit, I don't know. And I don't need to know everything and I'm sure there will be questions that will be unanswered forever maybe. I don't know. But I don't think we'll live long enough. But I don't know about the universe is okay. Like people are hurting based on storytelling. That's all I'm saying, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, people that are in religions and smiling, like we were talking about Chris Duckman that went, he was raised Jehovah's Witness, and I know Jehovah's Witness is a very extreme example. So is Mormonism, but you know, they're smiling, but they're hurting and they can't do things that they want because they're being suppressed. And I just, I just don't want to, I don't want to suffer for you to be like, congratulations, you suffered horribly. Welcome to heaven where you get to worship me forever now. Nah, I'll go mm-hmm. party with devil I'm good you know <laughs> like if that yeah. were my two options I'm sure it's horrible down there but I am i don't want to hang out with you to be honest I don't like anything you're
1: doing <laughs> not a fan not a fan of your work gotta say well you know I don't really believe in like heaven like that I don't like, how boring yeah I don't want to go yeah there.
0: that's what I'm saying like I know that we have we're on like a few different pages, but we're in the same book, you and me, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. We write from the same book. We we mm-hmm. just have a few different chapters in our lives, but, uh, you know, it's just, I just don't, I've seen so many people just, like, I fucking went to the summer camp once, I may have talked about this in another episode, but I felt so pressured, so pressured to pretend to be saved Again, like I'd done it before because mm-hmm. everybody was staring at me because everybody was having this emotional moment and breaking down it. kids, children breaking down in tears over what? Literally, mm-hmm. you're singing a bunch of songs and you're t- literally speaking in tongues, by the way. That, this is the first time I'd ever seen this in my life. This is the first time we went, this is the one and only time we ever went to this camp. We never went back.
1: <laughs> I bet.
0: Speaking in tongues on stage. And all these kids, they were like, if you need Jesus, if you're going to accept Jesus into your heart today, you go to that back room and they would isolate the kids that were going to accept Jesus. And if you didn't, you had to stay there. So you couldn't just do this like.
1: All right, Scientology
0: on your own and this was not even just at this summer camp like this was every single one I went to so if you were going to accept Jesus you either went to the front or went to the back or went over here with this counselor because it had to be special and they had to talk to you about it and like I get okay so you want to have like this moment with Christ or whatever and they need to clarify some things and make sure you're okay and like talk to you about it but also what they're doing is leaving those kids that didn't do it in the middle, so everyone could see who didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Peer pressure. So my friend and I, we fucking stayed in the middle, and we looked at each other and be like, "I don't know. You want to just go back there and like?" So we're not just fucking standing out here looking like assholes, like you know, like <laughs> we, what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. you fucking look like a heretic standing out there when they're speaking in tongues and everybody's sobbing, fucking. Fucking children. This was an all-ages camp. Nine-year-olds breaking down and sobbing. Over what? Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna comment on the connection once again. It was like seeing the fucking the, the riot on the 6th and seeing that there were fucking people that brought their kids. There are people that bring their babies to this stuff. Or like, Freaking KKK meetings. I've seen pictures of kids, like four and five year olds, there. Thank you. Thank you for ruining another generation.
0: Right. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you. I remember one year where before it was like literally the year we went to this camp one year before the speaking in tongues camp. This was a couple years prior. It was in like seventh grade. So it was probably 12 or 13. That year. I had a very moving religious experience. So had the whole nine yards, you know, you're raising your hand to Jesus, singing all the songs, crying every night because they turned on all the lights and all the counselors getting really into it. And everybody swaying back and forth and really thought I had found Jesus and God and made connections and all the counselors that are teenagers that you look up to, you know, because eventually you want to be a counselor there too, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. really thought I had it that year and I would went home and I was all excited and you know I told my mom all about it and then literally the next year I went back and I was like this is fuckery this is
1: toxic
0: we don't even know what this means you're literally feeding us this shit Mm -hmm. like what
1: They don't want people to think for themselves exactly that's exactly it they play these games,
0: like these trust games, where you'd have to fall into the people behind you and they make these God analogies. And, you know, everything was about, uh, I mean, obviously it's a church camp, but for a whole week. What do you, so if you're immersed in God, like eating, sleeping, you know, music, games, outdoor activities, you don't get free time. What are you going to do? You're going to fall for it especially when all your friends are there doing it and these Mm -hmm. adults and these counselors and the adults that came with you and brought you to this camp and then and then you're supposed to go back to the the fucking church that sent you and you're supposed to go up in front of the entire congregation that sunday and tell them about your experience and tell them what you learned and did
1: you accept jesus and blah 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 you know like peer pressure they use peer pressure negatively like that and like i said i like mean her- come on peer pressure is not good either way right
0: and my church wasn't even extreme So it's just you know i get th- these parents wanted the best for us they believed what they believed and I, i'm from the south i get it but it's not like this isn't done here too mm-hmm. you know and it just you go up to the front and you cry i'm like what the fuck are you crying about God and they're like God is moving through you. Let the tears flow. No, He's not. You're
1: making praise me cry.
0: Jesus. Yeah, you're making me cry because you're crying, and the kid next to me's crying, and the kid next to my left is crying, and fucking, there's just everybody's wailing. Like you're gonna, you know, you're creating this facade of emotion.
1: That's mm-hmm. kind of c- And and that, think- that's the whole thing is you create this, you create that emotion, you create the this fucking roller coaster ride that you're going to put people on because everybody's so excited and there's that energy and of course you want to join in or you want oh my god everyone's crying and i have all this emotion now and oh my god i'm crying like it it makes sense people do that to each other lots of energy does that and it's so manipulative and so disgusting and you think it's jesus
0: Mm -hmm. especially when you're 13 you know Mm -hmm.
1: or 15 or 18
0: you know like or fucking 55 like it doesn't matter but and also you know when you have these camps they are always in beautiful locations in this case it was on a lake on a hill and they always mm. did these during fucking sunset you know what i mean
1: because
0: mm-hmm. to show you god's power <laughs> it's like no that's fucking the sun over a lake it's pretty you know what i mean <laughs> Mm-hmm. you could take me outside to where I live right now and show me the mountains and the sunset and make me cry. Cause it's pretty like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I really thought about it that hard. So, and then, and then you have everybody except Jesus, make sure that they are comforted and then you hit them with the rapture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you do it the night before either way you do it the night before Then you have Salvation Night, literally a thing.
1: Ew. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They had one night. They had one night every week where they would save everybody.
1: Ew. I'm not, bro. I I hate that. uh, I've already told you about Hell House. So. Yeah. Yeah. I hate all of that. Like, I know that you say that your church wasn't even that bad, but to me, like, I went to. Church picnics. I went to all this stuff and it was not like this in my church. Like it was so, so mild. None of this had this. The things that I have problems with the religion about are honestly didn't even happen until I was in high school. And what really pissed me off is I've mentioned it before, one of the nuns was reading a passage. And it basically said that if you have sex with a woman while she's on her period, you will both go to hell. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Because back then it wasn't, it wasn't sex. Like it was, and I I know that there were good guys back then too, but let's be honest, a woman didn't say no. Back then it was rape. So, and who really wants to have sex on their period? Like nobody, that's disgusting. I don't, I feel disgusted with myself. So that was rape and I'm going to go to hell for that? fuck you i'm done i'm out
0: yeah not even talking about like i know we're talking about revelations in the rapture but this you know we knew this was just going to turn into a general religion thing you know like and not even talking about sex like that was you know handing out purity rings at fucking camp and and then also that like nuns telling you not to have sex in your period it's a fucking menstruation like if first of all if somebody wants to have sex on their period fuck off i
1: mean yeah like whatever if you want to do that i just don't
0: especially if you're married isn't your only thing to have sex while you're married and if it's a man and a woman like i don't agree with that part obviously but isn't that your only thing Mm -hmm. Did, did she just make
1: that up because she just thought it was gross the nun yeah or is that like a thing she read it from the bible like she read the passage i don't know where it is i don't fucking know yeah oh i think Uh, i do
0: know actually i think i've heard that too actually no that okay also i don't even think you're supposed to like talk to women on their period and some fucking
1: mm -hmm.
0: muslim i don't know I don't, I don't
1: know. Women are women are disgusting. They're terrible fucking creatures. Let's yeah. never have them around. Let's just have the, the Sasha's Fest good old boys club. And we keep women in the that closet. We can fuck them when we want to, right? Correct. Yeah, that's basically it. Really quick, since we're already going off, I did want to talk about the fear of mine from Revelations really quick. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Because I, I didn't really delve into it going through each of the chapters. But, and I don't know... The only other place I really read this was a Catholic website. So it must be a Catholic thing. So what scares me about Revelations is purely Catholic. And basically it is. The Bible tells us that when Jesus returns to earth, he will physically raise all of those who have died, giving them back the bodies they have lost to death. These will be the same bodies people had in earthly life. But our resurrection bodies will not die. And for the righteous, they will be transformed into a glorified state freed from suffering and pain and enabled to do many of the amazing things Jesus could do with his glorified body. That was the biggest that, that scared the fuck out of me. So to think as a little kid that people are going to come back down and come get their bodies. I know I'm fucking smart. I understand that's a skeleton. That is not a body. Okay. And even if he's going to put everything right, right. I have aunts and uncles who actually, my mom is one of eight, and basically all of them want to be cremated. But my grandfather is so hardcore Catholic that they, I have aunts and uncles that will not get themselves cremated while he is still alive, even if they die first. But they will dig themselves back up and be cremated because they don't want to be buried. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's even more, that's family peer pressure. You're not even Catholic, but you want to follow these things because daddy says so. Aren't you like 60? Grow up. Yeah. I
0: have also heard that about the the bodies thing. So I don't know if I just heard it from elsewhere or if it's maybe not just – I don't know. I've mm-hmm. heard that too. <laughs> and also this – I just have this vision of skeletons just walking around like.
1: Ugh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate <laughs> it. That nobody... Oh, go ahead. No, that's part of. So in uh, the Catholic religion, you have sacraments that you get. You go and you get your first communion. You, you, when you get married, if you don't get married in a church, that's a sacrament you're missing. If you don't have a priest come to your deathbed, that's a sacrament you're missing. And if you miss one of those sacraments then this doesn't happen to you. So you also have to go through all of this fucking shit to make sure that you can go get your skeleton body? Terrifying. No.
0: Why <laughs> do you want that bag of
1: home <laughs> anyways? Right? No, no, no. Hate that. So I have
0: a, I, I don't know if this is why most people in this... I mean, this is changing now, but there's a lot of people that just like refused cremation too that I've known they're like fuck that and i'm like okay maybe that's a revelations thing
1: maybe yeah i don't know i uh, i don't want i know that i'm not really in that body anymore but don't ever fucking bury me first of all it's not cool like are you kidding do you know how much land is filled up with cemeteries right now that we really could use fuck that no it's dumb i hate it just cremate me (laughs) i don't want to be buried under the earth that's terrifying no
0: Bro, I was reading this thing about a mortician talking about like what happens. Really, they were like, you know how they say that the casket will like seal in and or like seal out any moisture. No, no, that water gets in there. Your loved one is is swimming and rotting and filled yeah. with water. No, it's no, gross, Mm-mm. It's
1: disgusting.
0: Yeah. I would like to be cremated or turned into one of those little tree urns, you know, that's what I want. I want to be a tree Sprouts into a pretty tree.
1: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I
0: just, I don't know this whole Bible thing, this whole religion thing. I think a lot of it's just, you know, people want answers and when you can't find an answer, you create one. And I think that's a totally fair answer. Aliens, gods. It's its part of our... We need to connect things in our brains. And that's totally fair. it It's just... Why do you have to make these arbitrary fucking rules? Why mm-hmm. don't you just live and let people live? Why does it matter if a girl wants to fuck a girl you know like why does that damn her to hell for eternity
1: why does it because people have to control things and it gets so ridiculous yeah like why does it
0: matter if a biological male feels like she was born in the wrong body and transitions and she is living her best life. Do you know what I mean? Like that doesn't fucking matter. Like, and also if this God is as loving and forgiving as he says he is, he will forgive literally everyone. These are arbitrary rules, but that's not the case. So I don't forgive a fuck. Like if he's going to send me to hell, he's going to send me to hell at this point. I don't care. (laughs) like, I'm going to enjoy my friends and my family and my life. And I think that at this point, trying to scramble to figure out my struggle with Christianity is making my life exponentially more difficult. So, Mm -hmm. and I don't fucking want to do it anymore. Also, I, if you are looking for any resources, if you are having a struggle with faith I will only recommend this if you want it to completely come undone. There is a channel called Jimmy Snow or Mr. Atheist. He has helped me so much. Not that I know him, but he's a YouTuber. He's a pretty big one. And he he goes through all the apologetics of religion. And he definitely is not super forgiving with Christianity. But he's also not that much of a jackass about it. He's a very LGBTQIA accepting person. There's another ex-Jehovah's Witness that I've been watching called Telltale and they go through cults and identifying cults of religions and undoing them. So I just, that that was at the top of my head because I wrote it down and I just wanted to mention those are some resources that I started on and are good videos to watch. Just throwing that out there. Cool. I drank two and a half. sours jesus christ and it's 752 and i haven't eaten since oh god i gotta climb up a bunch of stairs tonight so i may just sleep in the basement i don't know there's like <laughs> a bed down here or anything i might just sleep on the floor there you go yeah i don't know revelations is scary and it's always scared me as a kid with the more i and i'm not even saying like there are And I think there will always be, I think there are some people that are ex-religious that it no longer affects them and they don't give a fuck. I don't necessarily think I'll ever be one of those people, no matter how I can say, like, I don't care. I think that there will always be deep down because of the way I was raised a place in me that will always have a little bit of that fear and a little bit of that doubt and a little bit of that desire to hold on. You know what I mean?
1: I don't see why you need to give it all up. I'm not saying that the fear is helping you, but y'all know me. I'm like a hodgepodge of a lot of things. I'm not even saying I'm not Catholic anymore because there's a part of me that still is, but there's a part of me that believes a lot of Native American theories. There's, I like Hinduism. I just bring a lot of pieces to fit how I feel that I need it in my life. I don't think you need to label it. Like if you aren't atheistic if you're not agnostic which I don't think I'm either of those I think I'm something totally hodgepodge and made up yeah and I think
0: it's hard to like you know like I was saying like let go of right now I'm just trying to let go of fear Mm -hmm. and I think that's the biggest thing that religion gave me and I think that's not right Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't think anybody ever intends to do, I think some, well, maybe some people, but like if I ever, like if my mom ever listens to this, I'm very sorry. I love you very much. And I respect you and I respect your religion, but I think religion gave me fear and that's what pushes people away. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to let go of that fear because nobody should live in fear of dying. And I think the only reason I fear death, because I don't fear Closing my eyes for the last time, I fear what happens after that, and I don't fear nothingness. I fear hell, so I'm trying to let that go, because I don't feel. I feel like if I live a good life and I'm a good person, I shouldn't have to worry. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to focus on. Just trying to be a good person and uh, don't. I don't feel like a True creator, I created humans to be imperfect. Should be punishing people for being good people. You can't tell me that. I'm not saying he did, but if Hitler said, "I'm so sorry, I repent," that he just gets to go to heaven. So, he-
1: I mean, sounds like in the end of Revelations, the the two witnesses, which have tortured people for three years, get to go to heaven in the end. So, yeah, not sounds favorite. like he picks and chooses.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. So it's like a game. Just trying to let go of a lot of shit. So that's that's the goal. Is just to be more conscious of how I'm living and like a secular. Like I said, secular humanism is is trying to trying to be how I'm vibing. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much all I have. Like if. If you feel like you have been traumatized and what your belief system that you were brought up in is doing more harm than good to yourself or others around you or your children, just do some evaluation and whatever you choose to believe is yours and nobody can take that from you, whether you are Christian or you're Jewish or Catholic or Muslim, you know, just don't fucking hurt people. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's, the, yeah. that's the moral of the story.
1: And for me, I just beg that introduce your kids to whatever, but don't force them. I think that causes a lot more harm.
0: Yeah. Don't tell your kids that you have failed as a parent if they're not religious, because there are a lot worse things that your kids could be than not your religion. Exactly. I'm going to go eat dinner so I can soak up some of this alcohol, but thank you guys so much (laughs) for hanging out with us for this kind of obviously revelations, but also kind of off the rails, kind of just open discussion and thank you for letting us be open with you and for hopefully not being too judgmental I can't tell you what you're thinking behind the uh the other side there but I just hope that you again are doing well at the beginning of this year and you stay healthy and
1: you are well yes thank you guys stay safe and not sick until next time stay creepy